Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the food, the culture, and the people of Israel. We're here to tell you about all the great things that this big little country has to offer. Listen, if this is your first time watching us on the video version of the podcast, please, please, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so that you're always in the loop and always know when we have a brand new, fresh episode out. If you would like to take us with you on your way to work or to the gym, you can find the audio version of this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And if you'd like to help support what we do, please feel free to become a patron of the show by heading on over to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash 12 cities in Israel, the number one, two cities in Israel and set up a monthly donation. We would appreciate it. And every donation allows us to continue to bring you this awesome, awesome show. Wow, that was like monster trucks right there. Awesome, awesome Tuesday. So, um, hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shalom, shalom, shalom. This is episode number, are you ready? 34. 34, that's it. We are moving, moving, moving on. Um, we are breaking out of the Hanukkah season into the new year. I think this is actually our second episode of the new year, um, and it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a cool one. It's going to be educational for the kids. Um, it's going to be really interesting, and my friend slash producer slash right hand, basically, Neely Kane, um, helped me get a lot of the stuff for this show. Um, but first, before we do anything, we're going to talk, uh, let me tell you quickly what it's about. It is about water in Israel. Um, I know you're probably going, okay, turn this one off. No, stick around. It's going to be a fun episode. You're going to learn a lot about how Israelis brought water to the desert. Um, really fascinating stuff, really interesting stuff. Um, but first, Actually, ironically, um, we have to give shout outs to our sponsor. And our first number, number, number one sponsor is Neviot. <laughs> Neviot flavored water. Um, nature at its best taste. Neviot delivers you with a true combination of health and pleasure. It's based on Neviot natural mineral water, one of its kind in Israel. It's enhanced with five, yes, Hamesh, five. B-group vitamins, it's naturally sweetened. It is low in calories, only 35 to 40 calories per eight fluid ounces. There are no preservatives, no color additives, and it's available in delicious indulging flavors like peach grape and apple, which we have here today. Apple, this is whoo, one of my favorites. 
If you're in Israel, you should be drinking Neviot. For more information, check out their website at www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home. That's www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home. If you'd like to get this amazing water brought to your home, check out our next sponsor, Makolet Online. Makolet Online's main goal is to make Israeli groceries and Judaic products affordable and available to everyone in the USA and Canada. Their online store carries items that are unavailable in most places in North America, things like tahini, Israeli chocolates, frozen borekas, and the Neviat water that we have with us today. At Makolet Online, you will find your favorite Israeli goods or simply, simply, simply enjoy brand new flavors. All of their products are kosher, and most are manufactured in Israel. If you want the tastes of Israel delivered to your home, visit www.makolatonline.com. And for watching this show, um, if you use the coupon code 12 cities in Israel, the number one, two cities in Israel, you will get 15% off of your entire order. So again, please visit www dot macolet online.com that's www.makolet online.com and order today all right um yeah so we've got one of our sponsors is neviot and we're going to be talking about water today so it's actually um this this water is from what i'm going to be talking about so uh, but before we start talking about water, um, we have to do our chamesh. But chamesh, are you ready? So I let me take a sip of coffee. Peter Madeira, this is for you, Jacob's Coffee. Mm. And the water in Israel is so fresh that the coffee tastes fresher. I'm making that up. I don't know that. I mean, I feel like it is, but I feel like it's the truth. But I also feel like I could be making that up. Okay, so so our first first word in our chamesh ba chamesh five and five ulpan, which is quick Hebrew learning, is are you ready? It's simple, but it's important. It is mayim, mayim, mayim means water. So if you walk around and you go mayim, 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 someone will point to water probably one of these and uh that's water mayim so that's that's a big important word um ironically in some of the research that i did for this video mayim is mentioned 600 times in the torah okay there you go so um pretty 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 important our next word are you ready our next word is nahar, nahar. So nahar is important because nahar is river, river. And what's in a nahar? Mayim. Um, but like, uh, let's say your uh, nahar yarden, the Jordan River. Whoa, holy cow. Uh, so that's important because there is no J in Hebrew. Most often J is a Yud, uh, the Y sound. 
So it's Nahar River. Nahar Yarden, Jordan River. Our next one is, are you ready? Are you ready? What's bigger than a river? Yam. Okay, now yam is interesting, and I'm going to explain why in our next word, but yam means sea or ocean, but sea. So the Mediterranean is a yam, and that's going to be important in our next two words. So yam means sea, ocean. Our next word is kineret. Now, some of you know exactly what kineret is. Now, kineret is not a thing. Well, it is a thing, but it's a specific thing. Kineret is what most of us in the United States know as the Sea of Galilee. Ironically, the Sea of Gaia, uh, the Sea of Galilee, the Kineret is what it's called. And it's funny because it's not Yam Kineret. It could be, you know, or I think it's Yama Kineret or maybe Yamat Kineret. But either way, um, it's not, Yam is not used colloquially in the word, just Kineret. So it's also called the Sea of Tiberias. Crazy, but okay. No, Kineret. Kinetic. Our last word is important because it will. It, we're going to talk about it in in the episode. Our last word is mi yam. What does mi yam mean? Mi yam is seawater. So yam is in the in the in the word. Mayim just kind of gets shortened, and it's mi yam. So if you're swimming in the uh, if you're swimming in the Mediterranean and you get mi yam in your mouth, spit it out because it's nasty, it's salty, and it you can't drink it yet. Ha ha ha! What are we talking about? All right, so that is it. That is our chamesh b'chamesh. What did we have? We had mayim. We had nahar. We had, what else did we have? We had yam, we had kineret, and we had mi yam. Okay, there you go. Good job, guys. Way to go, way to go, way to go. And uh, so I have, I did a lot, lot, lot. I did a ton of studying um, for this episode. This episode has has a lot of notes. It's almost got two pages of notes here. Now, what we are going to be talking about is we are going to be talking about water in Israel. So, hold on, let me take a sip. <laughs> Ironic. Um, hold on. <laughs> hmm. All right, so we're going to be talking about water in Israel. So, for those of you who don't know, um, there is only one main water source in Israel, and that is the Jordan River. The can, so what happens is 
the upper Jordan drains into the Sea of Galilee, the Kinetic, and then the Kinetic filters down into the lower Jordan. And what was that? That was Nahar Yarden. So, um, and interestingly, um, that was initially the main source of water in pre-state Israel um, and in the early state of Israel. So I am going to talk about this. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something. Um, how, how do you get that water now? Okay. So all of that water is up in the Connecticut, which is up in the North, way, way up in the North. Um, how do you get that down to Tel Aviv? How do you get it down to uh, Jerusalem? How do you get it to Haifa? How do you get it out to Beersheba in the south? Well, what Israel did, and I'm pretty sure it was Moshe Dayan who was who was uh, who was instrumental in in initiating a lot of it, is they came up with an idea called the National water carrier and in hebrew it's hamovil haartzi um and that is the national water carrier and the national water carrier is a uh is a big network of pipes pumps reservoirs all kinds of stuff that brings water to everyone pretty much in the state of Israel. So let me, uh, let me, let me, let me read this part. Its main purpose is to transfer water from the Sea of Galilee in the north of the country to the highly populated center and south and to enable efficient use of water and regulation of the water supply in the country. The carrier consists of a system of giant pipes open canals, tunnels, reservoirs, and large-scale pumping stations. Now, you have to understand um, the national water carrier um, is facing not extinction. It's still used to this day. Um, Let me actually go into that. So... um, it was designed by this group called Tahal. And Tahal was established in 1952 by the government of Israel with the aim of meeting the country's greatest challenge, transforming it and its lands into fertile fields. So Tahal was this government is, it still is, the Tahal group is a company and they were tasked with figuring out a way to bring uh, water from the Kinetic all over Israel. So after planning and designing the country's um, national water carrier, they were appointed the, uh, the consultant to the Water and Sewage Authority to the Municipal Water administration and to the national sewage project so 
1952, this, it's sort of like, I guess it would be sort of like the post office in the United States. It's a government, but it's run on its own. It's, it's, it's independently run from the government. It's just funded by the government. I don't know that it, it may receive funds from the outside too. I, I don't know. Um, actually that'd be an interesting person to have on this podcast would be to have someone from Tahal to actually work, walk, uh, walk us through exactly what the relationship is between Tahal and the government because, and that's going to become interesting based on what I'm going to, uh, what I'm going to tell you now. So they, well, no. I'll go into that later. Um, I'll go into the relationship between what the government and water and private and governmental and all of that. I'll go into that in the relationship between getting water or the process of getting water to the people. So um, construction on the national water carrier started in 1953. Now, what's weird about that is construction started, so Taha comes into existence in 1952. This was at the time of Mapai, David Ben-Gurion. I think Levi Eshkol was, when it was completed, was the prime minister, but it started under... Uh, it started under David Ben-Gurion. So David Ben-Gurion was the, uh, was the prime minister at the time. And Moshi Dayan, if I'm correct, was the agricultural, the minister of agriculture and water or agriculture and rural areas is what it eventually became. But Moshi Dayan was instrumental in ensuring that this thing happened, uh, Part of that, uh, what's interesting is I'm sure part of that, what made it so successful, what made it so quick was that, uh, for two reasons. One, Moshi Dayan was a general. So when he says something, he pretty much expects it to, to be done. And Moshi Dayan seems like the kind of guy that if he came to me and said, we need to build this. And I said, well, you know, I, Thursday okay for you because I'm doing something right now I don't think he would respond well to that so I'm pretty sure that they they got they got the reason it started uh in 1953 why they started construction construction in 1953 was because you know a year after planning it started was because Moshe Dayan was there but also because the water situation in Israel was becoming what we can say it it was becoming dangerous. So to put that into perspective and to reference that between into a way that people, you and I can understand that is you have to figure in 1948, the population of Israel was around about 600,000, 600,000 people. Um, That's not even the population of one of the boroughs of New York. That's not big. So 600,000 people total in the country. Flip that to now to 8.5, over 8.5 million people. 
Okay. Um, and water is, is scarcity of water is paramount when you, when you're, you have a population. And then in 1952, you had people making Aliyah. You had people coming every year. You had the refugees from Europe coming, all of this kind of stuff. You had, uh, all, all kinds of people just coming from the four corners of the earth to Israel. Water needs were being stressed immediately. Planning, this is why this is important, because planning on the national water carrier didn't finalize until 1956. So, Keep that in mind. So 1952, boom, we're going to do it. 1953, all right, let's start constructing it. 1956, they finish the plan. It's like building a house with, <laughs> with, the, with the architectural plans not even finished. Uh, but the need was so great, you know, uh, so they, they just, boom, moved it, moved it, moved it. Now, it was completed, did I, yeah, okay, so the National Water Carrier was completed in June 1964, and it was inaugurated in that same year, but I'm sure, based on what I've read about them already moving ahead, I'm sure that they were already sending water through those pipes to communities as soon as something got done, here you go, you're turned on, boom, as soon as it got finished, Okay, here you go. Now you're turned on. And people had running water. Could you imagine that? I mean, in 1964, in the United States, every home, with the exception of you know rural Appalachia and, and places in Vermont and Maine, everyone had water. Everyone had running water. Everyone was hooked up to a municipal water supply. That didn't officially happen in Israel until 1964. Crazy. Now, we're in an interesting time. Let me take a sip of water. This is so. Now it gets sticky. Yeah, now it gets funky. So immediately, 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 um, Syria decided that they were going to... Uh, um, so as I told you before, the upper Jordan, which is in Syria or was mostly in Syria at that time, drained into the Kinetic, which drained down into the lower Jordan. So the tributaries, um, not tributaries, tributaries are the ones that come off, uh, but the ones that fed the upper Jordan were in Syria. So what they tried to do, Syria started building a dam. Oh man. So they immediately wanted to cut off the water supply to the new, the nascent state of Israel. I hope I use that word right. It's a fun word. Um, the new state of Israel. This of course led to military actions to destroy that project. That then led to, bum, 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 the Six-Day War. So, 
one could argue that water rights, listen up, California, one could argue that water rights led to conflict, led to war in a place where scarcity was, um, where scarcity was an issue. But this is what's cool. This is what's cool. So Jordan was a part of that six-day war. For those of you who don't know, some of you are going, yeah, I know that. Well, not everyone does. And this is how, I'm going to use another 50-cent word, magnanimous Israel is. So Israel has a surplus in water. And at the time of the National Water Carrier, had what could be considered a surplus. So what they did was, and I don't have the year for this exactly. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. And that's why I want to get a guest on because I want to ask about this. But this is so cool. And it just goes to the misunderstandings that people have about Israel. Israel allocated 5%. No, no. I got that wrong. Israel allocated water to Jordan, 5% of their entire need. 5% of their water needs were met by Israel, not at a profit, at cost. At the cost, and this will come into play later. Remember I told you about the relationship between the government and the people and water. At cost. No profit, nothing off the top, just the operating costs for getting the water, filtering the water, making it drinkable, making it potable is what it, what that's called. Usable in a pot. I assume that's what it means. Um, but potable um, drinking water, 5% of their needs. Now, it gets better. It gets cooler. Israel upped that. Not uh, not, you know, through, through force or, you know, Jordan didn't, you know, push them into a corner to up it. They just did it. They upped it to 7% of Jordan's need. So 7% of Jordan's water needs are met by Israel at the cost of filtration and operation. That's so awesome. That's so cool. That's so neat. I just love that. I think that's so cool. Um, and it's you're going to hear this story again with Tahal, okay? Uh, the company that I told you about that designed and planned and now is a consultant for the Water Authority. Um, we have to pause our little water story. I hope you're enjoying it. I, I Doing the research for this, I was fascinated by it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so give me one sec. I have a couple of shout-outs I have to do to my sponsors. So our first one is, at this break, is to iConnect. iConnect, engagement with Israel that earns you rewards. iConnect is a website dedicated to teaching you more about Israel. It's also a social gaming platform where you can play, earn points, and receive cool prizes all for free 
While you're there, you will connect with Israel by engaging with all of iConnect's numerous articles, games, puzzles, quizzes, and more. Now, oh, I got that wrong. Games, quizzes, polls, and more. I apologize. Now, why should you play? Because iConnect's unique platform introduces you to Israel in a fun, exciting, and most importantly, rewarding way, all while working towards giving you a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So head on over to www.iconnect.co.il. That's www.iconnect. Dot co dot il and start playing now. Sorry about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, stumbled a little bit. Uh, I have these lights and they come right in my eyes and sometimes they reflect off the page. So that is an excuse. Our next one is from Israel Phones. They are the leading provider of communication devices for people traveling to Israel and they offer SIM cards, mobile phones mobile phone rentals, and MiFi devices, which are mobile Wi-Fi hotspots, and serve the connectivity needs of tour groups, synagogues, schools, community missions, study programs, and individuals visiting their family and friends, supplying you with all of the mobile phone equipment that you'll need on your next trip to Israel. And for those of you who already know about and have used Israel phones, they are presenting a brand new, a bunch of brand new plans to give you a much better bang for your buck, you now get much, much more data at an affordable price with unlimited calls and texts in Israel and international calling to the USA included for 30 gigabytes, it's only $29. And for 50 gigabytes, it's only $39. These plans are valid for 30 days, 10% discount for stays over 90 days. With their new iConnect Israel Rewards Program, you can get a $15 credit to cover the cost of a SIM card for just signing up. You can join iConnect Israel right now and start earning points towards great rewards. And because of watching this show, if you use the coupon code 12 cities in Israel, and if you spend $30 or more, you will get a free SIM card, which is a $15 value. Just remember, 1212 Cities in Israel, all one word, no spaces. And for more information on what Israel phones can do for you and to get these great deals, head on over to www.israelphones.com. That's www.israelphones.com. Okay, back to water, back to water. First a drink and then back to water. Uh-uh-uh. All right, so we've talked about the National Water Carrier, um, and the National Water Carrier is run by a company called, uh, well, it's, yes, it's a company. It's Mekorot, and they are Israel's water company, but it's it's the government. So it's a governmental utility, I guess. That would be the way to put it. It'd be... But that's no different than a lot of places in the United States. Sometimes they have water authorities like uh, where I grew up, uh, New Britain, Connecticut, by the way, which has one of the cleanest uh, drinking water. I'm saying that horribly, which has some of the <laughs> cleanest drinking water in the United States. Um, it's a city-run municipal thing, but... Um, Sometimes out in other towns, municipalities, counties, whatever, they have 
privatized it. Um, but this in in Israel, Mekorot is the water authority, and they are also responsible for water management. They supply 80% of Israel's drinking water and 70% of its water supplies. Um, now, I have some numbers here, which I think are kind of interesting. Now, remember I was talking about most of it comes from the Kinetic. Will be in, in agriculture initially, very in the very beginning. Uh, in the very beginning, water was being allocated to agriculture. Eight eighty percent of the water coming from the Canaret was uh being allocated to agriculture, and twenty percent for drinking water. But by the early nineteen nineties the national water carrier was supplying half of the drinking water in Israel. So that's a big boost. So where does the agricultural water come from? Because they're in the process right now of looking for new aquifers in the South, in the desert. And also, well, not just there, all over there. They're trying to tap the earth for as much water as they can find. And they're having limited success with that. And there was also a big crisis. There was an ad of this woman who, was, who would tell you to conserve water and to ensure that you were not using water if you didn't have to. Don't leave the faucet on. Um, I guess don't flush as much unless you need to. And... As she was giving this public service announcement, she was, her skin would dry and, and it started to look like cracked mud. And I'm going to put that, I'm going to put that, um, I'm going to try to find it and put it in the uh, description. Yes, in the description on the YouTube version. So if you watch the YouTube version, which I highly suggest that you do, you can find that ad in the, uh, in the description below. Now... Because of this, they needed to come up with a brand new plan. It was becoming a national emergency. It's actually funny because I'm going to give you a little tidbit about what they did in New York. They had a uh, they had the same problem in New York, New York City, and they couldn't figure out what to do. They needed to reduce consumption. So they came up with an ingenious plan. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of this. What they did was they asked everyone in the city of New York to go buy a brick and to put that brick inside their toilet. And what that did was that reduced the area of water. So you have water going up to the fill line, but the water couldn't occupy the space where the brick was, meaning there was less water in the tank. Saved millions, probably billions of gallons of water. So that was a great plan. It was off the top of someone's head. In Israel, that's not just a city, that's a whole country. That And nobody farms in New York, so well, some people do. But there's no long, huge agriculture um, in New York City. 
there is in Israel. So they had to come up with some new plan. And what they did was, I have it right here. Yes. Their new water plan was to recycle, conserve, and are you ready for this? To desalinate. Now, for those of you who don't know what desalination is, um, desalination is the removal of salt and other minerals from seawater so that it can become drinking water. This has been the dream for a very long time. The problem was the filtering process was prohibitively prohibitively <laughs> prohibitively expensive at the time before they started it it was i think it was a dollar a gallon or a dollar a liter so it would cost you one dollar for each liter one dollar for each gallon i it's either one of those it doesn't really matter it's just it's expensive either way so what happened was a bunch of guys got together, put on their thinking caps, light bulbs went off, and they came up with something called a membrane. Now, a membrane is a porous material, not a screen. A screen is a screen. A screen is an interwoven, uh, what do you call it? Interwoven, blah, 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 blah. Um. I don't actually know specifically what the difference between a screen and a membrane is, but they describe both of them. In my head, conceptually, a screen is a larger porous piece, object, uh, that you would pour something through, but things could still pass through if they were small enough. I guess a membrane is on the the like just short of microscopic level so it's really it's allowing the water bubbles it actually that might be it it might allow the water molecules to pass through because i know they use pressure in order to push it through these membranes and I, this again why well, i want to get someone from um to Hall or whoever from the water authority to come on um so where was I? I was membranes. So we have desalination and they have these large desalination plants. I'm going to go into deeper into how they do it because I actually have notes on that. They have five of them in the country and they were, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Oh, wait, before I talk about that. So this new plan, this new plan that was used was recycling, conservation, and desalination. Before I get into desalination, so one of the things that they do that is absolutely fascinating is they recycle their water. I know some of you are going, ick, gross, but there are two types of water. There is gray water and what's called black water. Black water comes from your toilet. 
it is sewage. Okay. Gray water comes from your sinks or your showers. It is uh, drains. Drains go are gray water, toilets, sewage. That's black water. All of this, all of this is recycled. Recycled and used not for potable water. That's important. It is not used for potable water. What did we say potable water was? Potable water is drinking water. It is instead used for agriculture. Now, one of the reasons why it's not used for drinking water, and this was explained to me by someone. So I was in the Navy uh, for a couple of years. I was on a submarine. Yay. We recycled our water and we would use gray water back to potable water, but black water would be shot overboard. Now, the reason why black water was shot overboard was not because it was not usable, but it was because there was the potential for things to get through. Okay? Got it. There was also the preconceived notion that you are drinking what once was black water. So there's that. I, I'm not sure that that's why they do it, but that's why we did it. Um, and what's interesting about that is they use a different type of irrigation. So you've got, you've got this gray water. It's been recycled. So let's say in your deepest heart of hearts, you're still like, that's still, someone brushed their teeth with that wire and that's gross. I don't want to use that. I'm not eating an orange in Israel. Inter- interestingly, they use a thing called drip irrigation. So water goes down to the roots into the ground. Because of that, that water going through the soil what a lot of people don't understand is that is an extra layer of filtration. Ha ha. Didn't know that. Did you? Um, so I think that's fascinating. They recycle their water and they recycle 85% of their water. No other country on the planet does that. I actually have stats. No, I got it wrong. 86%. Sorry, Israel. I didn't mean to give you guys a uh, shave off a point for you. Um, Spain. These are, these are stats that were, uh, I found during my research. Spain uses 17% reuses. Australia reuses 10%. Italy reuses 8%. Greece reuses five percent that's interesting because italy and greece not that far from israel they're using the same water boom they could do the same exact thing the united states are you ready to just be disgusted less than one percent most powerful most powerful country on the planet they reuse less than one percent there's actually Literally no excuse. And I'm not being, you know, getting up on a soapbox, greening or, you know, uh, 
being a greenie or whatever, but that's pretty, pretty deplorable. You know what I mean? So having been in a place, like I told you, I was on a submarine where water is precious, a scarcity, all of that. There's no reason. There's no reason why the United States couldn't follow that example. Um, and for such a small country, they have a ton of desalination plants. They have one in Ashkelon. They have one in Ashdod. They have one in Palmachim. They have one in Hadera in the north. And they have their biggest one, from what I saw, was Sorek. And Sorek uh, is private. These are all private. These are private desalination plants, which I think is awesome. Hold on just one sec. Because they're... I don't know. I just think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're private. I think that having a business, being in the business of water is kind of righteous, so to speak. You're you're responsible for what you do. The product you provide brings life. Awesome. You know what I mean? And because there are different plants... I don't know about this. I don't, uh, you, they may all be owned by the same company, but let's say one plant owns, you know, is owned by one guy and one plant's owned by the other. Uh, the market would knock the price down even more. I think that's cool. I think that's great. I am a proponent of this being privately held. Now, what happens is these desalination plants sell their water to the government. The government then sells that water to the people. Again, what I said, people get a water bill in a lo- most places in the United States. It's not municipal in most places in the United States. It's, you know, it's, it's, well, actually it is municipal, but it's still sold for revenue. <clears throat> Does that make sense? So let's say you own, you, you're, the town. I'm the town. I have water and I sell it to the house and the house pays the bill. And that's how I pay the guy. And it's not necessarily taxes that pay for the water. I like that. I think it's a good idea. Why? Because of something that was mentioned in one of the videos. And I think it was really important. There is a sense of urgency when it comes to water for the individual. So one of the things I, and I'm going to put the video in, in the, uh, in the description and you can check it out. So they have the technology where they can find leaks and cracks immediately. And because of that, and because they're paying for the water, they're motivated to pay to, to get someone to repair those cracks so water waste is incredibly low. Why? Because it comes out of your pocket. It's like a rental car versus the, the beater you own. Uh, versus Not the beater you own, the car you own, the one that you've invested in, the one that you paid for, the one that if you've leased it, you've got to get the you know, you want to get the deposit back. The rental car, you don't care. 
you could care less. You're going to bang it up. You know, I paid the insurance. I don't care. That's the same concept. People conserve more when they have a vested interest. I think that's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, so I was talking about how it was expensive. It was a dollar. The membrane technology brought the price down to 40 cents per unit. Over half the price. So this is tremendous. And desalination, desalin, I, wa- I keep wanting to say desalinization. I don't know where I'm getting that word from. But desalination accounts for, are you ready for this? 50, 50, 50% of the drinking water in Israel. Whoa. Because of that, so I was telling you about agriculture using the Jordan River, the lower Jordan River. What I didn't tell you, I might have told you, but I don't think I brought it up was that the Jordan River has been reduced by 95%. It is now nothing more than a stream. What You know, it's really easy to sit here and say, oh, that's horrible, conservation of the thing, and I don't understand, we should do something. Okay. Israelis still need to eat. So that water was needed, and it was used. You can complain about the conservation issues and the endangered species and everything, but people needed to eat. Families, children, elderly, everyone. So, and we were getting to a point where the Connecticut was getting low, the Sea of Galilee. This literally... It's funny I'm saying what I'm saying and making fun of the environmental aspect of it. But the true environmental disaster was what could have happened if desalination hadn't come into play. And that is, and I didn't know this, I was talking to Neely earlier about this when we were talking about the show, this episode. So apparently, the Connecticut is a freshwater lake that sits on top of a saltwater lake deposit, whatever. What's holding that saltwater down is the mass and gravity of the freshwater lake. See, it's so confusing. (laughs) Sorry. Um, The Connecticut and it's freshwater is holding the salt water down. What they've found, what they've estimated, is that if that water level, fresh water level, gets too low, that salt water will just rise. And you can't fix that. How do you fix that? You know what I mean? How? So, desalination has saved the day. What What is cool, too is it has the potential there. The, okay. So the research I was doing was dated. So I don't know what the deal is. And I remember reading some articles about that, but they're un 
watered cities in the Palestinian territories. And they have such a surplus that Israel is willing to, like Jordan, give it to them at cost. I think that's awesome. That's tremendous. And I hope it's happening. I need to do a little bit of looking into that and that if I can get someone from the Water Authority, that would be an awesome question to ask. But not only do we have Jordan, do we have the territories, Palestinian territories, this technology is being brokered out to other countries. Apparently, India has this enormous project that they're working on with Israel in terms of irrigation, what I was telling you about, about drip irrigation, what I was telling you about, um, what I was telling you about desalination. And drip irrigation, again, is part of that conservation method. It uses significantly less water. And on top of that, Israel is also, but that's an epi- something I want to talk about in another episode specifically, but they are developing plants that need less water. And that's in an, I want to, I want to have in an episode on agri, the agricultural boom in Israel. Uh, this one's water, Mayim. but that's, yeah, that's so awesome. We are doing, Israel is doing so much and they have turned a desert green. How cool is that? Um, all right. That's that's pretty much it. That's... Uh, wow. <sighs> Water in Israel. That was fun. Did you guys like that? Hold on. I'm looking for my last thing. And then... All right. I got it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed and become a part of the 12 Cities in Israel community. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And we'll be bringing you a brand new podcast every week, so keep your eyes out for that. Also, also, to help support this podcast, you can visit our Patreon page and become a regular donor. You can find that page at www dot patreon.com forward slash 12 cities in israel also 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 please visit our youtube channel where you can see a video version of this podcast plus other videos that we have produced including our full-length travel episode on the city of beersheva in southern israel while you're there please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell you can also check us out on our website, www.12citiesinisrael, or on our Facebook page, or on our Instagram page, where I am putting up a brand new picture all the time. I'm also on Twitter, tweeting, 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 whenever I feel the need. Um, so check all of it out. All right, that's it. Todo va. Litro ve. Yalla bye.
תן לנו בכפיים. אלירן, תן לנו בידיים. ורביבו, מה עם רביבו? כולנו מחכים, אז תן לנו בקלידים. Don't let me go. 